The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. And a special note of gratitude goes this week to our listeners around the world in Russia, Germany, and Korea, and in the states of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Colorado. Welcome and thank you for continuing to support this show. Because you keep tuning in and listening, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you for listening and making this show success possible. And now for your tip of the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. I wrote this book because when you are self-empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self, your soul, as you learn to hear the still, small voice within over the loud voices of others, you will begin to feel at peace. Today, your tip is manifest through love. Before you do a manifestation ritual or ask for what you want, remind yourself that love is all there is by saying, I allow my mind to be open to the limitless potential of my higher self and that love connects my higher mind with my conscious mind. In keeping with this tip, my new workshop for January is titled Successful Manifestation. I decided to do this particular workshop because there are so many misconceptions and simplistic notions about manifestation. Consequently, many people get frustrated and give up just when their dreams are getting ready to manifest. To be successful at manifestation, you must first rid yourself of conscious and unconscious fears that would block your manifestations from coming into reality. You must truly believe that you are a co-creator of your life and that it is actually your job to ask for what you want. Then you need to communicate with the universe in a way that adds spiritual power to your manifestations and increases your chances of success. Lastly, you need to understand that your manifestations come at the time and in the way that you need them to appear. You must trust the process and look for the signs that everything is happening as it should. If you get everything that you want all at once, you will not be ready for it. Manifestation is a process, not an event. As you learn patience and gratitude for what you are receiving, you will start to notice the miracles manifesting in your life. In this workshop, you will experience strategies for releasing conscious and unconscious fears, learn the most successful way to create a vision board, receive specific instructions for writing your manifestations, 
Learn the right words to use to increase the spiritual power of your manifestations. Gain understanding of the process of manifestation. We'll meet at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas, Texas. Go to my website, paulajoyce.com, to register for my workshop or to contact me about scheduling one of my workshops in your community. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives and techniques, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field, like our returning guest today, Dr. Bernie Siegel, who is here for his fifth visit, this time to talk about the healing love of animals. And last week, we had a fascinating show with Tobin Blake, who also talked about the healing power of love. Tobin took us through the process that he used to guide a young man from a terminal diagnosis to health. As Jordan released his fears, the healing power of love could grow. We talk a lot on my show about the roots of illness, being in our emotions and thoughts. Tobin documents the truth of this and provides a new paradigm for curing disease that includes love and spiritual techniques along with treatment of the physical body. For more information, please go to my website, paulajoyce.com, and click on Radio Show at the top of the navigation. You can hear this show or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access any time of day or night, allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or needs. My silver lining story today is about my beloved cat, Benji. As my regular listeners know, I had some problems with his bathroom behaviors, which led me to contact a pet psychic. This helped for a short while, and then we had another mishap. The session with the pet psychic helped me understand the difference between just talking to Benji and really connecting with his spirit. I observed the difference in his eyes and behavior, which helped give me the confidence to talk to him myself. In a previous show, Bernie Siegel had said that all of us are capable of communicating with animals. I just didn't have all the tools that I needed to be able to do this successfully. The third and last piece was when Belinda Womack was on the show. In the book that we were discussing, discussing, she suggested a technique for talking to our pets. I modified her suggestion to fit who I know my cat to be. I chose not to ask him if this is a good time because given his extreme shyness, his answer would always be no. Instead, I sent love from my heart to his and told him that I needed to talk to him now. I laid down on my stomach so we would be eye to eye, and I asked him to please sit down so we could talk. Contrary to his normal behavior, he took a pose I have never seen him take before. He folded his paws and hunched down facing me. He kept his eyes fixed on the floor, so periodically I would ask him to look up at me so that I would know that he was listening. 
he did so in an amazing way and in a very human-like fashion. He slowly cocked his head to the side as he turned to reluctantly look up at me. As much as I know he loves me, it was obvious how painful it was for him to look me in the eye as a spirit. When I was through talking with him, he went over to his litter box, looked at it, and then looked in my direction, as he had done with the pet psychic, showing me that he understood that I was taking care of my office space and that I was in charge of clearing all of the negative energies that were being released during my client sessions. It was not his job to mark the territory. Since that conversation, we have had no further accidents. Once, however, he did go over to the corner where he had previously marked his territory and looked several times between me and the corner. I knew he was worried about something hanging around in that area. I thanked him and told him I'd take care of it, which I did immediately. He relaxed and honored my request to help me keep my home and carpet clean. We now have a new and successful way of working together to keep unwanted negative energies from invading our space. My silver lining was that through this challenging experience, Benji and I have developed an even closer relationship. I love that we can talk to each other. I have expanded my own psychic abilities to include animals, which is a wonderful gift to me. It continues to pay off by eliminating tension between Benji and me and other areas of our relationship. For instance, when I go outside to sit on the patio, he invariably wants to join me. The problem is that he has a very sensitive stomach, and every time he goes outside, he eats greenery, which he then throws up on my carpet. So I employed the same technique, explaining to him that if he wants to go outside with me, he can't eat the plants because he can't digest them. Then I gave him a choice of staying inside or going outside and not eating anything. In my head, I heard a voice say, inside. I must say that was not the answer that I expected. I honored his choice, however, and left him inside. To my surprise, for the first time ever, he didn't try to push his way outside and he didn't whine insistently at me. Instead, he just sat quietly at the patio door watching over me and waiting for me to come back inside. This has been our new pattern ever since. The last silver lining is understanding more profoundly his work as a healer. Previously, I felt that he was helping me and my clients. Now I know it. I pay attention to when he is on overload and needs his personal space. At those times, he goes and hides under my bed. It's his place of safety where he can regroup, and I make sure that I keep the firmone liquid full and in my office because he's more sensitive there and needs the calming influence of the feeling of his mother's presence. I've also become aware of why on some days he has more trouble digesting his food than on others. He's working so hard to help me clear my digestive problems that it affects his stomach. On the days when I'm releasing the negative energies of anxiety and anger from years of abuse in a more intense fashion... He can't keep his food down. I know that this is a labor of love for me, and I take care of him and the mess with deep gratitude. Since the conversation with the pet psychic, rather than sporadically sleeping with me, he spends every night on me or watching over me. I can feel him moving from one part of my body to another, always going where he senses I need to release energy. Sometimes even the energy release is so intense that he moves to the floor where he watches me until he knows it's time to help me some more through physical contact rather than psychically. Benji has been and continues to be an amazing gift of love to me and to my clients. When he first came to me, he was a rescue cat that my friend had taken a 
in along with his brother. I thought I was going to take the other cat home, but when I was ready to leave, his brother turned his back on me and walked away while Benji walked directly toward me. It was clear that he had chosen me. I know better than to go against this kind of mystical choice. I was a little concerned about naming him, but when I got him home, I knew his name had to be Benji. It came into my mind as a certainty. It turns out that Benji means son in Hebrew and is a derivative of Benjamin. Needless to say, we have a close bond, and that closeness became greater as a result of my knowing our guest today, Dr. Bernie Siegel. Bernie was my third guest at the very beginning of this show, and my To my delight, he has graciously agreed to return for the fifth time. Bernie is willing to talk about things that few physicians are. He retired from general and pediatric surgical practice in 1989 and has since dedicated himself to humanizing the medical establishment's approach to patients and empowering patients to induce their own healing and be their own health advocate. He founded Exceptional Cancer Patients to Facilitate Self-Healing. It isn't surprising that he was named one of the top 20 spiritually influential living people. Bernie's best-selling books like Peace, Love, and Healing and 365 Prescriptions for the Soul have made him a sought-after speaker on patient and caregiver issues, and he is co-author of a new book, Love, Animals, and Miracles. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. While listening to the commercials, click on the link to read about and register for my workshop, Successful Manifestation. Then click on Store to purchase my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Bernie Siegel to talk about the healing love of animals. For a fresh perspective, from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too, while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. are listening to uplift your life nourishment of the spirit with dr paula joyce to reach the show today please call 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 you may also send an email to dr paula joyce at gmail.com that's dr paula joyce at gmail.com now back to uplift your life nourishment of the spirit If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach thousands of people. If this interests you, please call 1-866-472-5795 
or email me at drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Because this is a pre-recorded show, we will not be taking calls now, but please call me and know so that I can hear and know what's on your hearts and minds. Right now, I'm so pleased to welcome back Dr. Bernie Siegel to talk about the healing love of animals. Welcome, Bernie. Hi, thank you, Paula. Um, It's a pleasure to have you back, and I was wondering if you'd please begin by starting with um, talking about your family zoo. Yeah, it, it, I mean, we have five children, so I had many farmhands, and I always say to people, we didn't live on a farm. Um, We live on, you know, the house in an acre and a half, but I had fenced in the yards and all around the house and had ducks and geese and uh, squirrels and skunks and exotic pets and snakes and turtles, and everybody was family, um, meaning literally that except for things like the goats and ducks and geese, everyone else was living in the house, including quail and uh, a variety of creatures that would be wandering through the house. And I often, when we were sitting in the living room and somebody would see a mouse, I'd say, yeah, that's all right, it's, you know, part of the family, <laughs> and they would be a little surprised, but everybody had a name. And, you know, I bring this up because what I learned from it was really that the kids grew up with a reverence for life. All of these creatures meant something to them, as well as insects. I mean, they wouldn't let me swat an insect. I mean it literally. They'd yell at me, no, open the door, let it out. Um, because they cared so much. And, you know, when I keep reading all the modern-day headlines, look at what people are doing to each other. And if they had grown up in our house, they never would do that. One of our sons is in law enforcement. He has to say that he's capable of killing in order to have the experience he has. I won't go into details, but... When I learned that he had to say, yes, he's capable of killing, it shook me up a little as his father. But on the other hand, he emailed me not too long ago telling me he spent half an hour finding a pond for a turtle that he saw on the street. Now, would you worry about him? If he spent half an hour saving the life of a turtle, I don't think you have to worry about him using a gun in an inappropriate way. And I think if we all grow up with that love, with that relationship, uh, it changes us and our lives. Um, I have been picking up, I don't know what you do when you walk after the rain and you see a worm in the street, but I've been picking them up for as long as I can remember. This morning I was out there with our dog picking them up and flipping them back onto the earth. And I thought it's a neurotic tendency you have because you care so much about all living things, you know, but it's a little crazy. Um, but I kept doing it. And then I was very happy, not too long ago, to come across in the works of uh, Albert Schweitzer, who always talks about a reverence for life, that if you take a walk after the rain and you see a worm, pick it up and put it back on the earth. And he also said, if you see an insect in a puddle, give it a leaf to climb up on. And I really said thank you, Albert, uh, because I felt, you know, he was being my therapist, if I may say so, um, in doing that and making me feel good about myself. Um, and that we all need to be a part of life and, and choose, well, the biblical line, I place before you life and death, good and evil, choose life. I've learned that the so-called coincidences or miracles, depending on how you want to label them, because there really are no coincidences, are related to our choosing life. What is life enhancing for us and for all other living things? And then amazing things happen. And because animals are complete, they can be our teachers. It's not about what God created was good. God created some things that are complete. What isn't complete is man. And that's what makes our activities meaningful. You know, you talk about your pet. Um, Somebody came over and as a gift to me, a friend, 
you know, to do a massage. So he brought a massage table. And I lay down on it with my face in the circle, the padded circle. Um, and suddenly I felt a cold, wet face. And I opened my eyes, and there's our dog licking my face. I think he was checking to make sure I was all right. You know, what was I doing lying on this table with this man pushing on me? And, and the fellow, the therapist said, never in all the years he's been doing this has he ever seen a dog do that to somebody. And I, I just think it's that this dog, you know, again, it's the communication. I rescue them all from shelters. I, I don't go buy an animal, if you know what I mean. I get a message to go to the animal shelter. And I mean that literally. That's when I go. And that's when I find the right dog. But they find me. They have asked me. Um, I've had dogs who aren't supposed to be loose come running out of the back of the shelter and grab my leg. And I know I'm to take him home. I wrote a book called Buddy's Candle. I got a message to go to the animal shelter, like a voice talking to me. I walked in, dog sitting by the door. What's his name? His name is Buddy. He's been here less than 15 minutes. I'm taking him home. Oh, and the other day I got a big kick because I had an Irish woman patient. She became pregnant, had problems. I helped her get through all the problems with relaxation, meditation, imagery, and all kinds of things, you know, to keep her calm so she didn't miscarry. And so she said, we, I had a little boy. We named him after you, but his name is Brady because we're Irish. I go into the <laughs> animal shelter the other day. There's a dog there they said they just brought in this morning. He's a big, beautiful husky, which I've always admired and wanted. I look up at the cage. They wrote down Brady. That's the name they gave him. So I said, I'll take him home. <laughs> um, he was so big and beautiful and, and physical that uh, all the other pets in the house, you know, were frightened by him. He wasn't aggressive. That, and even my wife said, honey, because I brought one dog home once, and she named him Bruiser because he was knocking everybody over. I mean, he, he had a way. You put a leash on him, and he would run around you, tie your legs up, and then you'd fall over. So we found a farm for him to live on. And with Brady, too, I thought I, I, I could train him, but I couldn't separate him because if I put him in the front yard, he would squeeze through the little cat pet door and get back in the house. I mean, I admired him so watching him squeeze through, uh, you know, all the manipulations he had to do to get through. So I went back to the shelter with him, and he has another home now, and there was this other little dog looking at me. And said, I'll take that one home. He didn't even have a name. And they found him, you know, wandering on the street. But I named him Rags. And I, I have to always tell people why. I would ask you all to look up the poem on the Internet, Rags, by Vincent Edmund, Edmund Cook, C-O-O-K-E. I will tell you the, end, the beginning and end so you know why it touched me. Uh, I came across it in a book of best-loved poetry. And there was a section on animal poetry. And it's about a soldier whose life is saved, as well as other soldiers, by there's a dog. They get discharged, and they all get sent home. And he can't find the dog because he wants to take it home, but he presumed it was sent already. He gets back to medical school, walks into a class. There's an animal cut open on the table as part of the lesson. He walks over. And it's the dog, Rags. But what does Rags do? He licks his hand and then dies. Mm. And, he, you know, it ends with, if there's no place in heaven for a creature like that, then I'll take my place in hell. But I've seen that with our pets, too. Uh, when I brought a rabbit in as a house rabbit, a ra I, we rescued two rabbits, brought them in. Uh, and when I say house rabbit, I mean they're living in your house like a cat would or a dog would. They have, you know, litter. You know, they eat there. They have a little uh, box that I cut out so they have their own little private place to jump into if they want to rest. And after 10 days, I thought they all knew each other, but apparently not. And one of the dogs grabbed the rabbit uh, when I forgot to shut the door to separate them and uh, injured her. 
And again, when I would take care of that rabbit, she licked my hand too. I knew I, that's when I was hurting her. That was her signal to me. You know, I could be working on her wounds, and then suddenly she turned her head, licked my hand. I knew it was okay. I'll give you a break. I'll stop. Um, but two weeks after the dog Furphy injured her, I went out to bring her into the house, and I couldn't find her in the front yard. I mean, it's all fenced in, so they're not going to run loose, but I didn't know where she was, and uh, that was unusual. So I saw Furphy lying there, sort of taking a nap, so I went over to pet him, and guess who's tucked practically beneath him so I couldn't see her was the rabbit. And that impressed me. You know what they have to teach us when they, they complete? Who's the most forgiving creature on the planet? That little rabbit. You know, that dog's, he could have killed her. You know, the wounds um, could have done that to her. But here she is using him now as her friend. And he's happy to help her so I don't find her and bring her in. And one other that came from our family also was um, uh, Charlie, a grandchild. He wrote about a turtle he had. And the turtle that he had for a few years was growing up, but it seemed to be getting depressed, not eating. And the vet said it's going through different phases of its life. You know, the way, <laughs> you know, you become a teenager and what happens. Um, and he said, why don't you get him something really interesting and good to eat? And, you know, Charlie asked him what he was talking about. He said, um, what you can do is to get him a little fish to eat, which upset Charlie because, he, you know, then the fish is losing his life. But he didn't want the turtle to die, so he went and got a little fish and dropped it in the tank. And then the next moment really touched everybody's hearts. What happens? Does the turtle jump in and eat the fish? No. It swims over, and the two of them touch noses and are now best of friends. They swim together. They're happy. They eat together. And it's just, you know, again, an example um, of love, just what you were talking about earlier and what that love can do for us and each other. And I may add one more therapeutic thing, because uh, one of our neighbors, his dog died, and he's afraid if he gets another dog the dog will outlive him. But I was saying to him, the odds of your living longer are better if you have a dog. Um, a study was done in Australia. Uh, after a heart attack, the people who had a dog had a 6% mortality rate after 12 months. And in the house with no dog, the mortality rate was 24%. And what is happening? <laughs> There are some doctors who'll say, well, if the dog sees you eating high-fat food, it growls at you. No, that's <laughs> not why. It's about the relationship. You pet a dog, your oxytocin serotonin levels rise. Those are bonding hormones. You know, your immune function is better. I mean, the stress is reduced, the stress hormone levels. All these things are part of that. Um, as a matter of fact, in, in a simple study where people lived to be 100, you know, they were asked, what things they had in common. What they have in common? Relationships, activity, and again, it wasn't that you had to go to a gym, but that you moved around, did things, you ate a reasonably healthy diet, and you had a purpose in your life. And I see that so much with cancer patients, too. And one family walked into my office one day, a woman had a lot of kids, and she had cancer. And I was talking to all of them about taking care of the mother. And they said, my mother has 12 cats. We can't visit her too often because it's a mess there and smells. And we've got to get rid of them now that, you know, she's going to have treatment. I said, no. They looked at me. What do you mean, no? I said, you get rid of those cats, your mother's dead. What's the point in her living? I said, you tell your mother that you cannot find anyone who wants 12 cats. But you also go in and you clean up that house. You know, you don't leave it the way it is. And you help your mother. And they did. And they could see, you know, what it did to her and meant to her to have this reason for living. Um, but I have to also say to the women, because I see this so often, um, don't live for someone else. Um, be your own child is the way I put it. Good 
take good care of yourself. Because the men live until they can't work anymore. I mean, I have men say that with a wife and children sitting in the room next to them. There's no point in living. I can't work anymore. And I point out that there are several reasons right next to them. So, again, have a reverence for life and make yourself part of that, you know, and it's caring for yourself, too. Uh, One thought leads me to another. So let me tell one more story. And if you have a question, two things. One is an article on Cat Magazine a few years ago. Think, all the people listening, here's your problem. True story. You have nine cats. You and your husband smoke in the house. One cat gets sick, is diagnosed with lung cancer. The other eight are beginning to have breathing problems. What do you do? The answer in Cat Fancy Magazine letter from this lady was not, oh, you stopped smoking. No, here was her answer. Doug and I now smoke in the yard. We're not killing our cats anymore. We hope you're not killing yours. I couldn't believe the magazine would publish that without a comment. No kidding. I wrote them and said, did it ever occur to you to say something about, you know, taking care of yourself too? They didn't publish my letter. But then I came across 900 years ago, which shows you how little people improve. From Maimonides, if people took as good care of themselves as they do their animals, they would suffer fewer illnesses. That really struck me. You know, here we are many centuries later, and people still don't have that self-worth and self-love. We need to bring the children up to feel love. Because often people, you know, if you say, how do I raise a child? And I, oh, I'm going to you know, stop. Ask a veterinarian, right you know, and they'll tell you how to raise the child. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that when we come back from our break, because I think that's a a good um, breaking point to start that new topic. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, click on the link to sign up for my newsletter. You'll receive the free chapter in my ultimate creative problem-solving process from my best-selling book, which will help help you release hidden fears and barriers to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, and getting what you truly want in life. You will also get advance notice about every show and the on-demand shows. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Bernie Siegel to talk more about this fascinating topic of healing love of animals. For a fresh perspective, from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too, while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. listening to uplift your life nourishment of the spirit with dr paula joyce to reach the show today please call 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 you may also send an email to dr paula joyce at gmail.com that's dr paula joyce at gmail.com now back to uplift your life nourishment of the spirit 
If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And I'm so glad we're here with Bernie Siegel to talk about the healing love of animals. And we were just about to talk about helping children grow up with love. So, Bernie, please continue. Well, it, there are two things I would say. One is I didn't say like necessarily, but I said love. And I noticed the other night we were at a cancer support group, and I always bring the dogs. And as an aside, don't let me forget what we're talking about, but what's interesting is that dog Furphy was always interested in himself. He'd come into the room with the cancer support group, go under my chair and go to sleep. And Buddy and the other dog would walk around the room giving me reports. I know that sounds crazy, but believe me, he would walk up to somebody, look up and say, oh, you're doing well. And then he'd go to the next person, you know, you need me. And he would give them some love. And I used to give people reports, you know, from the dog. But Buddy uh, became ill, developed diabetes, and one night peed and pooped in the room. And I said, excuse me, folks, I got to go clean up. And I did. And I apologized to the people who owned the building where we were meeting. And, um, you know, we went on with our meeting. And when I was in the car driving home with the dogs, I realized, what if one of your kids had done that? You know, you'd be, what are you doing? What? Why are you embarrassing me? What is wrong with you? But I didn't say a word to the dog. You know, it's just, take care of him, and uh, he's not feeling well. You know, there's a reason. And I just thought truthfully that I was probably more compassionate and understanding with animals than I was with our children. But what one of them taught me was, and he said this one day to me, we have five, I don't get as much love as my siblings. You just don't love me as much as them. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you have five children. We should each get 20% of your time. (laughs) I said, excuse me, your brother is driving us insane. So he gets 40. (laughs) (laughs) And he, you know, I was so proud of him for coming up to me and saying that so that he knows he's loved. Because also, I mean, think about this. Who do you put at the end of the hall line of bedrooms for all the kids the kid who is no problem, see? So what if he goes into his bedroom and thinks, they don't love me. Look where they put me, way at the end of the hall. And my brother's right next to them. Um, yeah, but the brother's right next to his parents because God knows what happens in his room when he shuts the door. So we <laughs> want to keep an eye on him. But I was so proud of him for speaking up and saying, I need your love, rather than feeling I'm not loved and letting that affect his life. So let the kids know you love them. As I said, they don't have to be, you know, thinking it's okay to do anything. No, I would let them know when I didn't like what they were doing. And, uh, you know, there was discipline, but at the same time, they knew that they were loved and could always come home. And what a difference it makes. The other day, uh, and our kids are all grown now, um, got an email from my wife and I, and it said from one of our children, I wanted you to know I thank you for the love you gave me, you know, when I grew up. And it was a beautiful email. He said, the reason I'm sending you this is I don't want something to happen to me and my not being able, you know, to say this to you before I die, basically. Uh, So I'm sending this to you now so you know. And I'll tell you, that to me is the greatest gift you can receive, that somebody is thankful that you gave them life and you loved them. There was a story I read, and I'd say to remember that, that do something real. Make a difference, and it'll make your life. And that can be, you know, rescuing an animal, uh, saving a person's life. Just It doesn't have to be life-saving, but that you, in a sense, uh, what I mean by that is it doesn't have to be physically saving a life, but you can help save a life by making somebody feel worthy and feel loved and then go on and live differently. 
And as I say, I think it's a big part of why I'm always heading to the animal shelter. Uh, I'm laughing now because what I tell people, don't let the people at the animal shelter know the names of the people you care about and love. Why? Because what I noticed is they learn my father's name is Simon. So I go into the shelter and I see a little puppy running around. Oh, what's his name? Simon. All right, I'll take him home. <laughs> and I found him a new home because they said, well, you know, he's been here a while. We may have to put him to sleep. Oh, no, I don't want that to happen. So I took him home. I was down there again not too long ago. There's this cute little kitten running around. What's his name? Simon. Oh, I'll take him home. <laughs> so we have Simon running around the house now. But I learned from now on, you get no names about anybody or anything. But it, it's, again, you know, it's just a good feeling that you have in the house. And I, I see this with my wife, too. It's like we still have five kids uh, because we have four cats and a dog in the house now. The Murphy and Buddy has died early this year. But I hear her talking sometimes. And I say, I can't hear you. I know. I'm talking to Simon. <laughs> 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 and, you know, it, it, it keeps you young, if you know what I mean, because you always have children running around the house, and uh, they just give you a lot of love back and a lot of things to smile about. Um, I don't know, I just keep in the thing, you know, things, two things. One, Furphy was always telling me what to do. I mean, I mean it. He'd get in the car, you know, and I, if I wanted to go shopping, but he'd start, you know. I knew what he was saying is, hey, I want to go for a walk. You're passing the field, you know, <laughs> and he would yell at me. And one day I got in the car and I'm driving and I thought, wow, how nice. It's quiet. He isn't complaining. And then I looked in the back seat and Buddy was sitting there. And Furphy wasn't. <laughs> so I made a U-turn <laughs> and went home. And there was Furphy sitting in the driveway looking at me like, hey, dumbbell, you didn't let me get in that car. But, you know, the affection, all of the eggs in our house hatched in an incubator. And this is from turtles to geese. Um, so when they hatched, who did they see first? Our kids. So who are their parents, as far as they know? The, our children. And it was amazing because when the school bus would come, we live on a dead end that ends in a big circle. It's not a cul-de-sac, but a true circle. So the bus would pull up and then start going around the circle to pick up you know, kids at different houses. And our kids would go down our driveway to meet the bus. And the ducks and geese would follow them because it's like, hey, where are our parents going? We got to go with them. I mean, the drivers, thank God, had a sense of humor and didn't get upset when the ducks and geese would try to jump up and get in the bus. Um, and then they'd realize, well, we can't. So they'd come back up the driveway, but go down again in the afternoon waiting for the bus. It was amazing. I mean, there's no question animals can tell time. But after a while, you keep hatching eggs. You know, you can't have uh, dozens of these creatures in your yard. So I, my parents, thank goodness, lived on a lake. So I would take them down and release them on the lake. And the first time we did this, I got a phone call from my mother a few days later. I have a question. What is it? Our neighbors want to know why all the ducks and geese come out of the lake and walk up to the road when <laughs> the school bus arrives. And boy, that impressed me. You know, here were the kids were gone, but the ducks and geese were still looking for them. You know, that there was a real affection. It, it wasn't, um, you know, artificial. It really meant something to them to all be family. And, um, you know, and it touched my heart. And it makes you feel good to have that happen. I have to add also, when you talk about hatching the eggs, I was very careful every morning to look in my shoes before I put them on to go to the hospital because every now and then you'd find some turtle egg, you know, in your shoe. I mean it literally. It was crazy because we had kiddie pools in the house with filter system and artificial sunlight, and the turtles lived in there, but... I also gave them ramps so they could climb out and walk around the house and everything else. Uh, but it, it, as I say, it was fun. And uh, when the kids were involved, it didn't become too much work. Though the painful part, I may add, 
why I wrote a little book called Buddy's Candle to help people deal with the loss of a loved one, be it a pet or a family member. Because I'd come home sometimes in the hospital, Dad, you know, the turtle's sick, the, uh, the rabbit's sick, you know, whatever it was. Um, and or one of the guinea pigs was in labor and, and wasn't delivering. And uh, so, yes, I've done a cesarean section on a guinea pig. But, you know, I say to them, look, I can't save every life. It's part of the pain I had as a doctor, too, you know, that you're not trained to care for people. Um, I said, I can't save every life. You have to also get used to the fact that creatures are going to die. And uh, that was something they had to work on. And And, the message I I felt that I tried to get across was that your tears put out their celestial candle, you know, that those who die don't want us to grieve endlessly and not enjoy our life. And we have to remember that, too. So, and, and thank you so much for that message and all the messages that you've given us today. And people can read more in your book and visit your website, BernieSiegelMD.com. Thank you so much, Bernie. Thank you for listening. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd like to thank my audience for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. Then go to my resources page to order um, books by Bernie and other guests who I've had on. And then look at my services, including life coaching, speaking, energy healing, past life regressions, or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops. When you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm, thousands of angels and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and directly with my clients. My process connects your mind, heart, and spirit, resulting in faster progress and profound healing. And be sure to go to Um, register for my workshop, Successful Manifestation. Please join us next Thursday when Psychic Dwan Washington will return for another um, wonderful session sharing his predictions for 2016. This is Dr. Polly, your CM or chosen mom as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.